Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and that sometimes messy thing we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Milu, the simplest way for photographers and coordinators to collaborate on shot lists and timelines for weddings, parties, and other amazing events. Visit Milu, M-I-I-L-U.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit PhotographersEdit.com. All right, Boca Podcast listeners, we are back for another episode. Um, this right now, we're recording this on a Monday morning, and this seems like a really great way to start off the week. I'm here with a brand new friend of mine, Lindsay Collette. And, and Lindsay, am I pronouncing your last name correctly there? I just kind of assumed. Um, you are doing it great. Um, surprisingly, like people really get hung up on it. I get Coletti all the time. I mean, it's, I thought it was pretty self-explanatory, but apparently it's not. So hooray for you. Score. All right. Well, we're starting off the conversation. Well, it's good. And and you, you just shared kind of, we're going to break the fourth wall here. I kind of like to do this just to give our, our listeners a little bit of insight, take them behind the scenes a bit. But just before we started recording, um, you said that you're, you're a bit of a geek and and you actually timed your answers for these first two questions. Uh, I didn't know you were going to share that. Yeah. I think it, I think it's I think it's great though because and and again further breaking the fourth wall for our listeners, I do send an outline ahead of time to our guests, largely just to set up the conversation to help the conversation flow really well. And the first two questions that I ask about brand position and then the most important piece of advice that you want to share with a fellow photographer, I, I put right next to them fifteen second answer. And uh, that and, and Lindsay actually took that to heart, which I love. And so we're, we're just going to like jump right into that first question, which is about brand position. And what I was actually saying to Lindsay is the reason I have 15 seconds there is because it's really important that we're able to clearly and concisely communicate what our brand represents in a very noisy, busy, crowded photography industry. So Lindsay, it, you're, the spotlight's on you now. Let's oh, hear gosh. what your photography business's brand position is. Okay, so my brand position is to timelessly and artistically preserve every wedding, portrait session, and lifestyle session with fresh eyes, an open heart, and a little bit of cheek. And to just add a little bit more to that, um, I believe in the beauty and the power of the in-betweens, the differentiating moments that bind your story together. Ooh, the power of the in-between. What, like, what does that mean to you? What is the significance of that? I mean, I think that most of us have a general, like we're a lot more alike than we are different, right? So that, that translates to everything in life. And I think that most weddings or families or whatever have kind of the same, for lack of a better word, outline for their sessions. And I really love to focus on those little in-between moments that, um, you know, that may go unnoticed. And I know a lot of photographers say that, but um, I really try to highlight that. Well, it does make it interesting because you're right. I mean, it, it's funny how it, just as human beings, certainly as photographers, we can be a little bit ego driven and, and we give ourselves oh a si- significance, which is quite hilarious sometimes. And, and I'm raising my hand here, too, because I've certainly been guilty of it. But at the end of the day, I mean, even something like a timeline, especially when you're shooting weddings for years and years, you realize, OK, there really aren't so many variations on this. Most of this functions quite the same, but it is those kind of the nuances that the, the in-between moments as you describe them, which could be quite beautiful. 
and it and it forces us to be very present and focused on what's going on in front of us in order to capture those, right? Absolutely. And I think like, you know, a lot of people can do the same poses with portraits and yada, yada, yada. But it's really like those moments that are not like anybody else's that are like going to make you say, this is my wedding. This mm. is my lifestyle session. Yep. This is my portrait session. It's no one else's. No one else will have these images. And I like to, I'm a little bit of a hunter. I like to find those moments that will make things different and not so cookie cutter. Yeah. And, and I mean, nobody wants the cookie cutter in the end. And so it is again on the photographer to be present. I think and some aware. people do. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> I think some people do. Interesting. Men and are not. Yeah, I definitely think that they want like the pretty, like beautiful, like make me look fantastic. And I'm all about that. Like I totally believe in like really great portraits too. But um, I've actually had brides tell me that they fired me because I've said, you know what, I want when I was up and coming and I was second shooting, I worked with another photographer who said I never deliver images where a bride is unattractive, and I was like, hmm, okay. Um, but I have images where I think that brides are like, ooh, I don't look my best, but damn, if I'm not having the best time. So <laughs> yeah. like, I give those because you know, even if they're not going to be like, hey, like you know, hanging on the mom's wall or whatever. It's still something. Cause I know personally, when I see an image of myself having the best time of my life, even if I look crazy, I'm like, I love this picture because mm. it is me. Yeah. Yeah. It's not always about being perfect. Uh, and I, I like that. Oh, no. know, photographers, it's, it's an interesting point of conversation when it comes to the idea of outsourcing editing. And I didn't certainly don't mean to make this about photographers edit, but a conversation that I hear a lot about <laughs> from photographers or a conversation I get into with photographers when it comes to the conversation about outsourcing editing or delegating editing is that, or what is at least suggested is that clients are going to notice these uh, shortcomings of the editing style of somebody else. And it's not going to line up. And the reality is at the end of the day, our clients, most of them aren't artists. What they're really happy about are those moments. And, and I look at my refrigerator. Um, I'm actually in my apartment right now. So I'm looking over where my fridge is and I see all these snapshots on the refrigerator and they're not perfect. They're not color corrected just so. There may be a couple that are blurry, um, but ultimately what they represent is what matters most. And it's not that it's quote perfect. It's that it captured that moment or it captured that relationship. And that is 100%. Yeah, that's yeah. what matters in the end. So anyway, I love that you that you highlight that there. And by the way, for those of you listening in, I have to, to go ahead and share Lindsay's Instagram so you can kind of see the style of photography that she is so excited about, so passionate about that we're going to actually talk more about here in just a little bit. So if you just go to Instagram, it's Lindsay underscore Colette, C-O-L-L-E-T-T-E. And uh, you can see her beautiful journalistic style of work there. Uh, oh, really I like that you use that term, journalistic. I love that. <laughs> well, it, it That's is. That's what I wanted to be. Yeah. I, I really wanted to be a combat photographer when I was younger. Um, but I ended up having kids when I was really young. I was a teen mom and I kind of had to like reevaluate things. And so, um, yeah, but I, I do bring that with me to, to where I go. <laughs> Well, that I, so tell me though about this combat photography, because I, I know that this is something that you had mentioned to me, I think prior as well. What, what was it specifically about combat photography that interested you? Well, I have it on my um, website, like the reason why I became a photographer is that, you know, 
combat photographers are there. They exist to tell a story to people who are not there, mm. to to speak truth for the most part. I mean, I think over time there's been people who have fudged it a little bit, but uh, the general consensus, like, um, and I, I hope I'm not saying his name wrong, James Natchway, because he's fantastic, or Lindsay yeah. Adario, they are incredible combat photographers and they bring stories and truth to people over here um, or around the world that may not be getting, you know, they're on the front lines, they're getting story for us and they're speaking truth to us. And I kind of bring that to my photography with whatever I do, because it's really for the people that are to come. Uh, for the generations to come. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, it's simplistic and I, and not simplistic as simple an idea as that is. It's funny. I don't know that I've ever really thought about it that way that I was, when I was shooting weddings, that I was actually there to capture the story in such a way that somebody who wasn't there could live it again. Uh, And I think that's a really beautiful thing. Yeah, it's great. And I and I love when I hear people when I see on Facebook, you know, if people post their albums um, and they say, I feel like I was there or these pictures take me right back. It, it, I feel like yes, my job is done. Like, you, it, you know, yeah. it. yeah, that's what I get a lot of satisfaction out of that. So even though, you know, I'm not on the front lines with blood, I mean, I don't even know how I could have done that because I can't even like a paper cut stresses me out. Um, (laughs) So I don't know how I would have dealt with that, but I feel like I'm in the right place, you know, where I'm supposed to be. Well, that's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful perspective because, and I'm not sure how many photographers actually think about it that way. Um, Maybe I'm just projecting. I certainly didn't, but I love this idea because it's easy to just follow kind of like you were talking about earlier. It's easy to just follow a list. And shoot oh, the thing that you're supposed to shoot. And yeah, I mean, you're trying to get a pretty picture if not for no other reason than your portfolio. Um, let's all be honest. But at, at the end of the day, we are telling, we're there to tell a story and ideally for those that will come in, in the future to look at these images and hopefully they'll be able to relive those moments. And uh, that's a really beautiful perspective. So I appreciate you sharing that. I want to keep moving here though, because yeah, I've absolutely. got another 15 second answer or question for you. <laughs> um, so from all that you've learned, by the way, how many years have you been in business at this point? I've only been in business for um, it's almost six years, but I've been doing photography um, since I was 17 years old. I'm 35 now. Okay. So six years, what has yeah. been the most important lesson that you've learned as a photography business owner? Or what would be that piece of advice? You know, if you're in an elevator and you've got 15 seconds to share that with a fellow photographer, what would that be? It's so simple. Stay in the race. Hmm. And what do you mean by that? I- So, okay, like a lot of people, I was really into Game of Thrones. And I saw like a Game of Thrones interview with somebody, some Australian interviewer, and they talked about the Olympian. Have you ever heard of Stephen Bradbury? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, I hadn't either. And I don't think most people would be like, oh, yeah. But he was the first man to cross the finish line in the Salt Lake City Olympics in 2002 for the short track speed skating final. He was up against like some really big names like Apollo Ono and stuff. Yeah. And he was like the underdog. He's always been the underdog. So he was going around the track. Right. And he was trying. He was the last person. And he positioned himself in such a way that he kind of had a feeling that his opponents would fall off, like they would try to pass each other and start falling off. And that's exactly what happened. In the final two laps, he was, uh, I believe, still the last man standing. And one by one, his opponents fell when um, one a guy named, his last name is Lee, tried to pass. Oh, no. And so it just created this domino effect. And 
he won literally by staying in the race and just wow. watching people fall off. I mean, it's incredible. You should definitely YouTube it. But yeah, and then I'm I'm really inspired also by a woman named Diana Nyad, who okay. was the first woman to complete a swim from Cuba to Florida without a shark cage. And she did it on her fifth attempt. And she had been trying for years and years and years to do this. Yeah. And wasn't Did this happen like, I don't know, three or four years ago or something? 2013. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. So this happened actually right before my business, before I decided to go into business, because I had tried um, to go in business. And then I, I really struggled with anxiety and depression and like this, this terrible ego, because, you know, ego can go in so many different ways. Yeah. And um, I really love, uh, have you ever heard of Eckhart Tolle or Tolle? Eckhart Tolle, yeah. Yeah. So he has this great succinct way of saying the ego is the false sense of self based on mental concepts. Mm. And so I was really stuck in my head and I just had this, all these feelings of not being good enough, not being worthy enough, et cetera, et cetera. And I just could not get myself to commit to doing my business. That actually leads into my first, you know, business mistake, but I was so stuck in my head and I just had to get out and do it and staying in the race and just showing up, even when it's the hardest has been definitely my biggest obstacle and something I would tell people, you know, not first and foremost, to just stay in the race, keep going. Yeah. And it reminds me of the word consistency, which has been a big challenge for me too. And because oh, it's, me too. <laughs> it's easy to like jump in and go hard and be excited about something for a little bit. And then a challenge comes up or you don't feel good or you're tired or whatever the thing is, big or small, um, it interrupts that, that flow and that excitement. And, and it's a lot less appealing at that point to keep going. And oh, yet for sure. we have to stick with it. And, and I've personally experienced the benefits of that consistency in the last few years or so. And, and continuing to try to to implement that principle of consistency is actually one of my values that I review pretty regularly. But I think that's I love a- that. I think it's so important for people to like really go into their personal values. Like that is one of the things that I did really early on in my business is like go into not only my personal values but my business values. Yeah. And I and I don't think enough people do that because no matter what. Those will be the things that you will always come back to, and they are what will keep you in alignment. And I'm assuming your consistency has paid off with your exercising and everything like that. (laughs) The exercising, my my involvement in business and presence in business, and and uh, even you know my I I tend to be uh, in the past anyway, and it's still something again that I have to continue to work at, but. I tend to be kind of an emotional roller coaster. Maybe sounds dramatic or is a little too dramatic, but I you're I, in good I was, company. <laughs> well, I was I, I was pretty up and down, I will say. And and uh, you know what I realized being in a relationship with my girlfriend Jill, who's just extremely consistent individual and very even keeled. Um, it, it's sh- it shown a light uh, even brighter than it ever had before on my inconsistency emotionally. And so that was a challenge for me and is a challenge for me to continue to work at being consistent. So yeah, consistency for me is a big goal and that it certainly has benefits. But I love the reminder that you bring to all of us, which is to just keep going. And we have to be intelligent about the way we approach business. We can't just go at it blindly. Um, but right. at the end of the day, we have to keep going and that will bring the results. And I like that reminder. The other reminder that you, you brought up, I think is really great. Eckhart Tolle talking about how, I mean, so much of our life really is a construct in our head. Right. And, oh. and I, I'm, yeah. I, I'm reminded of this pretty regularly as well, because I have a, a tattoo on my left arm, which is the Japanese word for belief, kakushin. Mm-hmm. 
And the, the realization that literally everything that we do is rooted in a belief or a set of beliefs. You know, I, I sit in the chair that I'm in because I believe it's going to hold me up. And, and hopefully that's true. Um, but yeah. there are other beliefs, and that's just a very simplistic example, but literally everything that we do and say is all, it's rooted in a belief or set of beliefs. And we have the ability, speaking of that construct, to create a belief system. And I'm not talking about a religious belief system here, just a belief system, a set of beliefs that will either enable us to be successful in what we do, um, or it could potentially hurt us. And we have the, the ability to choose then what those beliefs are for the sake of having a better life. So I, I love that reminder as well. Oh, I'm all about it. I am. That is like my thing is I'm a little woo woo, which you'll probably see, but I am really 100% all about like your thoughts create you. Your thoughts are so powerful. And I don't think that myself included, like I can definitely have my down days, but I don't think enough people really think about that. Like funny and not, um, and not just but, yeah not just think about it but actually do something with it right because yeah. one of the things that's become really popular in recent years has been personality tests and enneagrams and, oh gosh, and yeah and these are these are interesting i guess at least for the sake of giving us a basic picture or idea about our tendencies some mm-hmm. might say personalities but the reality is at the end of the day we can again construct our own reality and if we if we see that our tendencies are not helping us be what we want to be or create the business that we want to be uh, or to, to create, then ultimately we have the ability to change the belief system that's driving the thoughts, that's driving the feelings, that's driving the actions um, that are either that are hurting us in this context and, and change those in order to be better. And uh, so I, I, I think you're right. I think that too many times people just kind of give up. Uh, they, they, they find this little box that feels comfortable and they're like, I am this. And the reality is we have the ability to, to go beyond that and be better if we want to be. And that all comes back to our thoughts, our belief system. And, and so I, I think it's a good reminder for all of us. This is certainly not meant to be a psychological uh, podcast, but at the same time, I think so much <laughs> of what we do is rooted in that. And it's good to be reminded of that. But let's talk about time, though, because I, you're the mother of two teenagers. Is that right? I am. And, and uh, I can relate to that very much. Mine are 17 and 14. Uh, finding I got time. a 15 and a 13 year old. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So you, you know that game. Oh my gosh, do I? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so talk to me about this because, uh, and you know, as much as I talk about time and my business, Photographer's Edit is about giving photographers time and we talk about efficiency on the podcast. I was, I was even reminded just yesterday, the significance of time. My, my son is a senior in high school and he's getting ready to leave oh. home. And I'm like, man, you know, as much as this has been a priority, I still could have done better. And I want to make sure that I give him um, the right amount of time in this last year while he's still home. And uh, time is so important. And, and yet at the same time, we're running businesses and that can be extremely time consuming. How do you personally balance, Lindsay, the time between business and your personal life? So I, you know, I may not be the best person to ask this, but I will tell you what I do. And it's kind of unconventional. I stop when I'm tired. I just, I don't force anything. I don't effort my way into anything. If I'm not feeling it, I just mm. stop. Like I, I do try to keep like loose business hours and I will, um, you know, have a Fitbit. So like I will do like maybe an hour's worth of work, but then my Fitbit will be like, eh, eh, you, know, you know, you need to get your steps in. So I stop every hour and walk around or stretch or do a little chore or do something. But at the end of the day, I, I don't 
do marathon editing sessions where I stay up all night. I I made that decision very early in my business that I was not going to do that because sleep is so important. And it for me, I'm a monster if I don't sleep. <laughs> and and I think, you know, as important as it is to like focus your time, it's what's really important is your presence. And if you are giving your best self and it's in a smaller amount, let's say like, you know, whatever, it's more effective than being there all day as, like I said, a monster. Like, so I basically, you know, I just, I I think short bursts of focus time is better than marathon, marathon sessions. And I listen to my body and I, and I pay attention, you know, I just, and I am like, you know, if I'm not feeling it, I'm not feeling it. So I know that, again, that may not be the best, like most professional advice, but I just feel like people too often are like forcing their way through things. And um, I don't want to do that. Interesting. Okay. So, but how do you, how do you balance this idea then with what you were just talking about, which is to continue to push forward when you're not feeling it? Like what's the What's the balance? Just between keep the two? going every day. Just make an effort. Got it. Just you know, just even if it's like an hour a day, which you know, to be real honest, it's never that low. But um, I mean, I take time off, and I, 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 I do take time off. Like I said, I or I didn't tell you this. I have it on my Instagram today. But I usually take off Monday. Cool. To do to do whatever I need to do. And yet but, you were so kind to do this today. Thank you for that. I mean, yeah, I'm, and I'm going to add it today and I'm going to work on my website and yada, yada, yada. But yeah, so that's a great example right there. Like if I'm feeling it, I will go for a few hours and I will do it. But yeah. there's some days where I just don't feel like it. So I don't, but I always try to at least get like five or six days where I am doing stuff consistently. Cool. And and then are you able to just shut it off like at five, six o'clock or sometimes earlier and, and be able to spend time with your kids too? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't have a specific schedule. Um, I, my son, I have to take my son to and from school schedules a little different, but like, I don't just immediately turn off at five o'clock. If, um, I always turn off for my husband at night and I always go to bed with my husband at night. I think that's really important. Um, I've never stayed up or, you know, like I try not to make that a habit where I stayed up um, because I think it's really important to connect with him because at the end of the day, my family are the most important thing to me and I don't want to sacrifice them for anything. Mm, yeah. Wow. And, and it's as, again, as kind of simple an idea as that is, it can be challenging at times. So I love that you're just simply prioritizing it. Like it's just a, there, there are no options. Otherwise you are going to set work aside and be with your husband, like just period done. And yeah, I mean, yeah, (laughs) well, but, and and again, it's, it seems so simple and yet we all kind of make, or at least most of us, I think probably make excuses, uh, at one time or another and just push through that as you were saying, and kind of force the situation. And then what you end up with is a business that can negatively affect the significant relationships in our life. So I, I love that you're prioritizing it and you're kind of keeping the approach very simple, which is a good example for all of us. And, and frankly, a good reminder again for me as well. So thank you for that. Um, my portfolio is not going to keep me warm at night. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> I love that. Talk to me about an impactful business or self-help book, maybe even a podcast um, that is a favorite of yours. So I'm going to go a little off the cuff here. I but I will say that I love Oprah's Super Soul Conversations. There and there are two episodes in particular that I wanted to share. Yeah, please. Which were um, her conversation with Father Richard Rohr, which is titled "Failures Where My Soul Expands." Okay. And uh, Inyala Van Zant's 
part one and two. Um, and then the most recent was uh, July 22nd episode for, uh, it's actually just Oprah on the false power of ego. Um, oh. And I, yeah, they're great. They're spiritually, emotionally, like there's a little bit of like health stuff going on. It's just such a holistic approach to life. And I just, you know, a lot of people hear Oprah and they're like, eh. but I love them so much. And I love business books, but um, I haven't been reading as much as I usually do, but um, I'm all about the four agreements, which I'm sure like everybody like has heard of by Don Miguel Ruiz or whatever. It is. It's and, a beautiful, beautiful book. Oh, it's so good. I mean, again, back to simplicity. Yep. You know, my life changed when I started, I dropped expectations of everything. Mm. Like I was just such a happier person. I am such a happier person, I should say. And the law, the law of attraction by Esther Hicks. Are you familiar with that one? I haven't personally read it. It goes way woo-woo. So be prepared if you ever ever do. (laughs) But one thing I really do like is I listen to a lot of commencement speeches from people. Okay. Uh, and I find that they're really inspiring. And if you haven't heard Jim Carrey's commencement yeah. speech, I, oh my God, it's like makes me cry like crazy every time I hear it. Yeah. He just has so many good nuggets in that one. I know. And of all people, Jim Carrey, like the, the guy who's doing the most ridiculous things on a, on a TV or movie screen. Yeah. Brings some inspiration. We'll link to that in the show notes too, for everybody who's, oh, who's curious. So good. Oh my God. So good. I'm curious about something though. You, you were talking about the four agreement, agreements and, and yeah. I highly recommend that book to our listeners. We'll link to that in the show notes as well. But this idea of expectations is an interesting one because I've heard probably more than one occasion now somebody say, I've set my expectations aside and it's just made all the difference in the world. And the idea sounds good, but for somebody such as myself who, who wants to, who's a driven individual who wants to be better, not only for myself, but kind of, I guess, naturally then has similar expectations for other people as well. Like, how do you, how do you set aside expectations and yet continue to improve? whether as an individual or in your relationships or otherwise? Well, I've actually, my relationship with my husband is actually the one thing that I has like been the most improved because my husband and I are incredibly different. It seems to me like I'm a lot like you, I'm up and down or, you know, and my husband has always been this super calm force. And I always say like, if I was on fire, my husband would be like, let's get a fire hose or like he'd be like (laughs) he'd be so chill about it you know whatever and I would not be that way and so I we got married when I was very young I was 22 it was the day after I turned 22 and he was 23 and to stay together you know we've been together for 14 years wow I'm pretty excited about that that's impressive but we have you know, I think when you're young and you come into something, you have expectations of people maybe to change or to to be something that you want them to be. Mm. And I know that I personally did. And when I dropped those expectations of like who I thought he should be or like the things that I thought he needed to do in our relationship and just accept the things that he does bring to the relationship. Yeah. It made such a difference. And I, and I just think that what other people do has no effect on what I do. I mean, I can still continue to improve and be whoever I want to be because I am on a constant journey to be better every single day of my life. Mm. I really do. It's something that's so important to me to just continually progress to be this 
spiritual being in this world and to make it a better place in whatever way that I am destined to do. However, expecting people to do those things like me, it's very frustrating when they don't. I mean, let's be real. Like when people are, sorry for cussing, but when people are assholes or they're just like not on the same level, it's so frustrating, yeah, yeah. but I mean, it can really like ruin your day. <laughs> but, <laughs> if you let it, right? I, yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. You have to just like separate yourself and just have the clarity and peace of mind to know that your journey is yours alone. Hmm. Yeah. This has been something that I've been kind of learning. I won't necessarily say the hard way, uh, maybe at times, but particularly as of late. And again, I mean, you, you point out how your husband's personality is so different than you. And again, similar with Jill, she's she's kind of giving me my girlfriend for for a little bit of context for those who don't know. She's given me this this insight into the significance of just kind of being working on being better yourself and taking responsibility for yourself and letting uh-huh. the, that be ultimately what we're most focused on in the sense that we're then, as you were pointing out, Lindsay, not so concerned about what other people are doing. And, and there really is, I mean, I, you know, at the end of the day, it's important that we choose to be in a relationship. We're talking about relationships with somebody who, whose value system aligns relatively well with ours. But outside of that, the idea that we're sitting around kind of letting somebody else's actions or behavior determine our happiness or content um, is really a, a bad way to go about life. And we can, it'll put us in a pretty unhappy state pretty quickly and pretty consistently. Yes. And again, like this is something that I've had to learn. I came from a not great place with my um, family life and I've made so many mistakes in my life. And it's so easy to be reactive Mm. to people and experiences in your life instead of being proactive. And again, it's really easy to be a victim and it's easy to say, why did this happen? You know, like, and it's hard to get out of that. I'm not, I'm not putting I mean, especially like people come from way worse stuff, but and have way worse experiences, but they're, oh, I hate, I hate that I'm going to say this, but there's this, uh, televangelist named Joyce Meyer yeah. <laughs> and she has this great line that says, make your mess, your message. And I really truly believe that if you have those things in your life that you can, that that is what propels you into greatness. I would I would agree to a point. I think the the caveat here is that a lot of you know in in the name of being quote vulnerable these days mm-hmm. in our culture, you see everybody not everybody, but you see a tendency for a lot of people to just kind of put their so called mess out there on Facebook, and that's kind of that's where it ends. It's like the, the glorification of vulnerability leads to this just like sometimes chaotic mess when you're going through your Facebook feed or your Instagram feed in the name of being vulnerable. And yet the question that I'm left with ultimately is, is the person moving beyond that? Or is it just kind of this, they're sitting in this, this kind of ego, I mean, speaking of ego again, ego driven sulking fest almost. Are they actually, are they taking, I mean, it's fine that they're being vulnerable and putting it out there and sharing their, their struggles and their shortcomings, but then are they moving beyond that? Because what I want to hear from and, and ultimately learn and take away from somebody else sharing these experiences or these tendencies or these behavioral patterns is what they then did with that in order to become better and how they're rising above that. But it seems like the conversation kind of ends at the at the point of so-called vulnerability. And I'm just like, I don't want to hear another person's problems again just for the sake of sharing problems. It can be 
uh, I, I don't know. To me, that's kind of a drag to my day. What, what do you think is the, the, the right balance there? Ah, but that goes back to expectations. You're expecting people to do something that you yourself would do. Hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. So I, I think sometimes people just put stuff out there as because they're they want to connect. They want to be like, this is me. I, I'm struggling. And I think that, you know, social media can, can definitely be a drag. There is a lot of stuff going on that can like pull you down. But I think if you look past it and look at the reason, like it could just be ego driven, but it, it could also be like a person who is lonely or upset or just wants to have somebody reach out to them. So I'm, I think I'm a little bit different because I am a person that will definitely, I mean, we just became friends. So watch out. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I can put stuff. I actually went in the, um, to be perfectly vulnerable. And in the last couple of years, I went through a really difficult custody case with my first son. Mm. And I put that out there. Yeah. Um, I mean, kind of because kind of I had to, because if people were to look at me and be like, where'd your son go? You know, sure. like I wanted to address that. But furthermore, I wanted to be people to know that I'm not okay for a little while. Mm. Like I'm going through some real hard times. And if I'm different, if I'm acting different, or if I'm struggling this is why and i think that you know some things there just really is no solution for like i i can you know i have moved on and i i actually put a, an addendum i think that's the word um where i said you know my custody situation was like one of the hardest things i've ever gone through but it's ultimately made me the happy like a, a much happier person and not because of the switch in my children not living with my child not living with me but because it taught me so much about so many different aspects about who i am and my life and the most important thing is boundaries mm. But I, I mean, that's a good example, though, too, of, of your I mean, the, the so-called addendum is you saying, you know what, this is I've gone through this, but here's what I've learned and I've taken away from this. Um, I, I think, again, if we're if there's there's so much content out there, right, we just kind of put yeah. out content and motivation. I mean, we can't judge because we don't ultimately know. But it seems right. like a lot of the content that's put out there is put out there. I mean, you, you point out the fact that people are lonely or depressed or otherwise. Sure, that that certainly may be the case. But when that content that they're constantly putting out there is so negative in nature and it just kind of stops there and it's almost like this this cry for attention and, and comments on their Facebook feed. Um, sure, be. That, that, yeah, and, and, and again, to your point earlier, it may be coming from a, a genuinely needful place, right? They, they need something sure. they're, they're going through a lot and, and that's, and, and, and hundred percent, I would agree. But at, at the end of the day, and, and I am kind of projecting on the situation because I don't want to get stuck on the negative. I don't want to get stuck being in this place where I see my shortcoming, but all I ever do is just talk about it. I want to move beyond that. And, yeah. and I want to set an example for other people on that. I want to encourage and share with other people how I was able to move beyond that. And so, yes, I, I guess I am kind of projecting that I'm, I want that from other people as well. I want to be around people who they may be going through struggles. I do regularly, but they move beyond that struggle and they become a better person for it. And, and that's, that's what I want to be surrounded with myself. Does that make sense? Oh, a hundred percent. And I think it's important absolutely to surround yourself to with people and experiences that will lift you higher. Unfortunately, I have family and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, people I can't oh, really sure. get away from yeah, who, yeah, yeah. Like, are, who are what you say, you know, like who definitely see life as uh, the glass half empty, you know what I mean? And it's difficult, you know, and I, and I think that most of us dislike things and people that we 
just like in ourselves, like you were saying, like, 100%. yeah. So I think it's, it's easy to like focus on those kind of things and be like, Oh, I can't handle that. Um, <laughs> and it, you know, and it's, you're absolutely right. There's some people that just do it for attention and whatever else. I think that I'm just, it doesn't bother me as much. I just, you know, whatever. Like, I feel like I'm, I feel like I have pretty good intuition and like judgment of character. So if I'm like, I realize or recognize that somebody's just really stuck, I, I can, um, accept it for what it is and not let it get to me. That's fair. That's fair. Well, which really kind of brings us full circle to the original point, right? Which is it, it's ultimately uh, like our, our life is our responsibility and setting aside expectations <laughs> regarding others is a, is a healthy way to go. So hundred percent. this yep. has been quite mm-hmm. the wide ranging conversation and I really appreciate your insight. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me. Let's, let's go the photography direction here for a bit. Talk to me about your camera bag. This has been kind of a fun question to ask, but is there something unusual in your camera bag that doesn't have to be your, you know, your lens, your camera body, or otherwise that enables you to be a better photographer? Ice packs. <laughs> ice packs. Okay, this is a new one. <laughs> I keep ice packs. I just this is a new thing. Like um, you know, there's ones that you keep in your freezer that have yeah. maybe like an elastic around it. I don't think that people realize how physical photography is and mm. how it can really uh, affect your health. I didn't, and that goes back to my whole one of my business mistakes here, but it it is so important to take care of yourself. And I, you know, we are doing the same movements over and over again. And, um, I've, I have some issues with my shoulder because of it. And so, and my piriformis muscle and stuff like that. So I now carry ice packs with me to have on me when I drive long distances and after session. And also playlists. I only realized recently how transformative music can be with your photo session. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> it really can set the tone. And so do you, did you put the playlist together for yourself or do you kind of get the client's preferences or how do you do that? I used to put like playlists on my blog posts for like, let's say I had a wedding and I would pay attention to the music that they like recessed or yeah. processed or, you know, were introduced to. So I would make these to go with my blog post. And then when I did boudoir shoots, I had like my own playlist to like, you know, what I thought was pretty interesting for the session or to get you in kind of an, a different mood that was kind of on brand for me. Yeah. I, I recently had a session with a girl, a portrait session who was like, I'm 30. I'm living my life. I'm not married. I don't give a mess. So, um, when it was a little hard to start off, but we put on some Lizzo and that girl came alive and we got some of the best shots. It was amazing. It was great. So after that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to implement this. And I mean, anybody who works for children, I mean, getting that baby shark song on ready to go on is like, can be gold sometimes. Oh my word. Yeah. And then walk away with that song stuck in your head for the next week too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have some other ones lined up right after fair, it so you can fair. like blasted on your way home <laughs> that's true oh that's good okay so ice packs and playlists there you go oh yeah and sunscreen gotta protect your, your skin <laughs> all right we got the three items um it, you know i i want to kind of transition here to our primary focus and conversation yeah. for today and there's a quote actually on your website on your about page and it says for what it's worth it's never too late to be whoever you want to be from f scott fitzgerald and yes. I, I want that quote to kind of set the tone for this element, this part of our conversation. You were actually sharing um, some of your biggest mistakes as a business owner in our conversation leading up to this interview. 
And I, I'm wondering if maybe you'd be willing to just kind of give a little bit of context to these mistakes and then share those with our listeners. Yeah. So I have made all the mistakes. And in this day and age where you can have like go online and do any workshop or find a photographer and they can tell you exactly what to do and blah, 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 blah. There is something to be said for making mistakes and experience and just mucking through it. Like that. Um, and we are talking about in the context of business, right? Mistakes as a business. Yeah, or to, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Specifically in business for this podcast, but just in life. And um, I actually wrote down, I, you had a guy on your podcast a few weeks ago who is Kenny Clapp. And he was saying that there is no failure. It's just a learning experience. Oh, I love that quote too. Oh my gosh. You touched my soul with that. And yes. um, I just loved that so much. And I, as a person who has made so many mistakes, both in business and in my personal life, I, I do think that it is so important to share not only our mistakes with each other, uh, but again, going back to what you like is to um, wrap it in a nice little bow and show you how you can, <laughs> how you can move on from them. Oh, you know me yeah. too well. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. Um, and I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Cause I was actually going to say that earlier. Um, I love that quote because it is, it, it is really never too late to just change and be whoever you want to be. How I approach things was I, and I think I talked about this earlier is one of my biggest mistakes was waiting too long for things to be perfect before I started my business. Mm. I was 30 years old when I started my business. And I, like I said, I had tried um, and failed a few times before. Like I just could not get my stuff together to, to make it work. And to be honest, I'm not like thriving right now. Like I'm, I'm making it work to an extent, but I'm not like um, a celebrity photographer. Like I don't, you know, I'm, my name is not like recognizable in the industry or anything like that. But um, I don't think that you necessarily have to be that person to impart wisdom or share experiences with others. So I, I really just got stuck in waiting too long for things to be perfect and stuck in um, comparing myself to others and not finding my voice. Um, and going back to that Jim Carrey um, commencement speech, he has some really great sayings in there and ultimately what really challenged me was that commencement speech came out the same year that I did my business I began my business but I had a conversation with a friend of mine in the kitchen where I was just like I want to do this but I just I can't figure out how and he kind of said the same thing as Jim Carrey does but you can fail doing what you don't want to do so you may as well take a chance and do what you love so that was ultimately what what made me, and again, to quote Jim Carrey, risk being seen. Mm. And yeah, so it was, it was really, really important for me to just go for it because I was living a really hellish experience, not doing what I wanted to do. Yeah. And again, he has another great little quote that says, your need for acceptance can make you invisible in this world. Yeah. And that's a loaded topic in and of itself, for sure. Oh, we yeah. could probably go a whole different direction there. But you know, this reminds me actually of a, of a Gary Vaynerchuk video that I just saw last week. And we'll make sure to link to it in the show notes about making a choice or making choices. And it's about five minutes long and is one of the most wonderfully inspirational videos that I've seen in, in a while. But he talks about how 
kind of what you're talking about here, Lindsay, which is, you know, we can, we can put all this weight on a choice. Uh, he talks about how he missed out on investing in Uber and how yeah. if, if he had invested $25,000, $30,000, whatever, like he normally would, he'd, he'd have $400 million now just from that investment. Um, but he's like, you know what, but, but then I could have, you know, if, if that had happened, then I'd been on a, you know, I'd gone to China to do a keynote and, and the, and while I was there, get hit by a bus. Like you just never know what the decision may lead to. So to put so much weight on something and then get fixated on it and get stuck there, it's really inhibiting. Instead of putting so much weight on it, just make a choice. And you can always course correct later. But if, sure. if we're waiting for things to, as you say, be perfect, it is going to limit us significantly. And so I, this is such a great reminder, again, for me, uh, because this has been mm-hmm. something that I've struggled with as well. But I really appreciate you, you sharing this. And what was kind of the turning point where you're like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to go for it. I was so miserable. Um, I had been working like I was uh, working at Trader Joe's where I felt like I was Jennifer Aniston's character in um, what is that office space where like I never had enough flair. It was just like I'm being myself and it was never enough. I had to like smile bigger and, you know, do And then I, you know, was working as a server and doing all these jobs that like, why was I doing them? I because mm. I felt so unworthy. And so like, I just was not good. So again, it goes back to like this conversation I had where it was like, okay, I need to make a decision. I am so depressed. And I mean, I spent day when I was not working, I was in bed, like I literally hiding under the covers from the world, like 100%. And I just, I was not being the best mom or the best spouse. And I, if I wanted to continue to uh, have my marriage and my life I needed to make and to be fair my husband never put any kind of pressure on me but like I I knew for myself that I just was tired of myself I was tired of not going after what I wanted and and realizing how uh, kids have a way of like showing you how fast time goes and um, realizing that I was wasting a lot of time so I could fail at doing something that I loved or I could fail at doing something that I didn't love, but it was worth taking the the risk. And that's what I really want to impart is that you just got to take that risk. And it is a mistake if your soul and what, if you are out of alignment with yourself, you will feel restless. You will feel depressed. You will feel anxious. And if you get quiet and you listen to your gut, you will find what you are supposed to be doing and you will be led in that direction. And if you ignore it and you ignore what you're supposed to do, you will be a miserable person. That's, um, that, that's about as deep as you can go, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Frank too. I mean, I like the, I like the, the frankness, uh, there is, is wonderful as well. You, you talked about that quote from Kenny Claps episode, uh, 294, and we'll link to this in the show notes, but very simply, it was, I either win or I learn, I don't lose. And yes. everything is about perspective in the end, you know, and, and it, it, if we frame it, we were talking about the significance of beliefs earlier, if that becomes your belief system that I can't lose, I can learn, but I can't lose, um, I think that will be maybe the encouragement that it, that it takes for you to take the leap. Uh, it may take a little bit of that building the wings on the way down, but take the leap, go for it and, um, and embrace it and push forward consistently. And, and, uh, you can, you can make it work. 
So you can, is, you really can. This is good encouragement. All right. So first mistake, waiting too long for things to be perfect. And I, I know that, um, I'm sure that many of us can, can relate to, or many of our listeners can relate to that idea. I appreciate you sharing your experience with that, but take us to the next mistake. Yes. So before we talked, I hadn't heard one of your other episodes, but Vicki Black, she had, um, stay in your lane. Yeah. Basically I spent a lot of time comparing myself to others and not trusting my voice. And again, going back to that need for acceptance, um, constantly feeling like, Oh, oh, my work's not pretty enough. Oh, I'm not going to do this. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get published. Oh, I'm not going to get the likes or the comments or the, you know, whatever. And I, I still get stuck sometimes comparing myself to others. Luckily this year, I've really kind of decided that to screw that I'm going to do me because you just, if you are trying to be somebody else, it's really a waste of what you bring to the table. And that kind of also goes into my other business mistake of not listening to what my clients um, were telling me yeah. that was number three yeah. is that like eight out of 10 of my emails or people that reach out to me say, we love your candid photos. We love the way you capture moments, blah, 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 blah. And instead of, and I shouldn't say blah, 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 cause that's actually what I love. <laughs> um, <laughs> but when I was not paying attention to that, I was paying attention to other things, like things that were not me. And again, to go back to values, I was, chasing stuff that didn't make me happy for the sake of thinking that I needed to get published or that I needed to be seen by people who really ultimately don't matter. Hmm. Yeah. And it makes me, the, it made me very unhappy. Well, <laughs> at the end of the day is about the client. I mean, it's so easy to lose track of that reality, <sighs> but they're the ones that are going to pay us the money. If we're, if we're actually trying to make a living at this, they're the ones that are going to pay us the money. If we're not paying attention to what they say, uh, we're, we're totally missing out. The idea that we put so much importance on what photographers say or think and, and just drastically miss the reality, which is that it's our clients, that what our clients think about our work is, is actually what matters way, way more. Um, yeah, there's, there's so much that, that we're missing out on in business. So these are good reminders that we started with waiting too long for things to be perfect. Uh, comparing the number two mistake was comparing ourselves or myself to others, not, not actually finding or, or utilizing our own voice, my own voice, and then not paying attention. The third mistake, not paying attention to what our clients say or love about my work. And then I think you've got a fourth one too, right? Yes. But I did want to say, I think the easiest way to put that is like, have you ever been riding a bike and you're like, right? I mean, you're on the motorcycle and you are going and going and you start to look to the side of you. And then I know that I've crashed doing that on a bike because you're not paying attention to where you're going and what you're doing. And I feel like so many of us do that in our business. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm getting goosebumps here actually, because (laughs) you and I were talking about motorcycles before we started recording, but the, the very reason that I had my, my one wreck real wreck was because of that, that very thing. I temporarily in a split second, it was just a split second, but I temporarily lost sight of the line uh, going through a curve and, and I went wide and I crashed. So yeah, point taken. Yes. And I, and I, you will lose out on experiences, clients, et cetera, et cetera. If you are just chasing this idea of what you see other people are doing instead of what you're supposed to be doing. Yep. 
Yeah. It, it, the moment that you get fixated on something else, you're, you're going to go off course. That is such a great reminder. Wow. All right. But t- take us to the fourth one though. Oh, you are right. <laughs> so the last one is sacrificing my body and health to make mm. my business work. Yeah. I, um, before I got to a place of like, just accepting that, you know, this is kind of why I do things the way I do, because, um, before I really started my business, I would stay up forever and I would do things. I wouldn't take care of myself. I'd go hours without eating and then I'd binge eat or I'd be stuck, you know, not taking care of my body and myself and not only my um, physical self, but my mental self. And there are so many, I mean, now I'm like so all about taking care of yourself as a photographer. Last year, I was so sleepy. Like I could not figure out why I was so tired. And I was like, well, maybe it's because I'm doing weddings every weekend and, you know, I'm just working a lot. But it comes to find out, come to find out, I actually have like really way low B12. And I would not have found that out had I not gone to the doctor. Yes. And so I now have to get shots every couple weeks for the rest of my life, practically, because I had this issue and it was making me unproductive. And I think, I know it sounds so cheesy, but if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anything else. And um, that's why I do things like I go get adjustments, I go get massages, I get kinesio taped up. And I'm such a proponent for these things. I'm like, do it, people do it, take care of yourself. If you want to have longevity as a photographer and not be like, so in pain and just like really struggling, you need to take care of yourself with your health and you need to get outside away from the computer, go in the sun, take care of yourself because you only get one chance. Oh yeah. It's, it's so true. And you know, I'm glad that you brought up the the going to the doctor and I I personally, a couple of times now I've had blood work done, very extensive blood work done, not, not just your typical physical where they give you just some basic information, but multiple pages. I think one of the, the result documents that I got back was like maybe seven or eight pages long worth of, of numbers, data, from blood work that I had done. And, you know, it, it's funny, we can almost look at ourselves in some ways, like, like it's, as far as our physical body is concerned, like, like robots, there's, there are numbers at play and the numbers should be in a particular place, at least in most cases. And, um, it, actually it, it's funny, Lindsay, that our similarities because B12 is actually a shortcoming B12 and vitamin D were both, yep. were both issues for me. And so, um, I, I eat B12 like it's candy. <laughs> now I have this, this chewable B12. But being aware of those numbers and what they mean and then making the change necessary is something that we can all do for the sake of our health. And I'd highly, highly recommend finding a doctor that you can go to that does it again, that goes beyond just the basics, um, who actually has uh, some understanding about modern science when it comes to the ways that our bodies uh, function, first of all, but then how the shortcomings can be addressed in a very healthy way, minus your, your kind of typical drugs. And, um, there are ways that you can do this proactively to make a a big impact on how you feel at the end of the day. and, And that really is huge. So I'm glad that you highlight this. Yes. And taking care of yourself. Like I, I've noticed, like I've, I've always struggled with my weight, but when I became my start of my business, I, every year I saw my weight tick up, tick up, tick up. And it was last year that I was like, this is crazy. I've got to do something about it because I would sit at my desk and my feet would swell or like, mm. you know, like it would just, I started getting these warning signs that things were really bad. And so I, I really have had to like, do a complete 
transition and I, I lost 25 pounds and like, and I'm still like trying to go down to heal yourself with food and the sun and just, and just preventative measures. So you can get more long, like I said, more longevity out of not only your business, but just your happiness yeah. is so important. Yeah. No, it's, it's good. It's good. Well, you know, I, we were talking earlier about the sake of vulnerability for vulnerability's sake. Uh, and I, obviously you're not doing that here, but um, just to kind of play on that, we, and, and I know that you touched on this briefly already, but can we just go back through each of those four points and talk about sure. some of the things that you've done to address each of those? I mean, you, you came to these realizations and you're like, okay, I'm making a mistake here. What was, what was the, not, not just the turning point, but what was the thing or specific things that you did for each of those that made a big difference just to sum it up? Yeah. So number one, I just went for it. Like I just decided that I was just either going to be miserable doing what I loved or doing, being miserable at doing something that I don't love, but I at least needed to try. Yeah. So I just making that first decision of to just go for it. Just freaking do it. Yeah, I love that. Just do it. <laughs> Comparing myself to others and not finding my voice. That is something that I'm always going to struggle with. It is a mistake every time I do it. And I always just have, it's just thought correction and just really focusing in, being laser sharp on what your personal values are and what I guess would be my biggest advice to people is if you are finding yourself comparing yourself over and over to people, you need to look at what your personal values are and what your business values are, because they will always be what you come back to and what can be your guiding light as to what, like, for example, if you like, I got really caught up in being published because I, I took a class that was like, Oh, the more you're published, the more eyes are on you and stuff like that. And so when you're focused on publishing a lot, you can actually lose sight on certain aspects of the day. And for me, because I'm so moment space. And so in, you know, that's like journalistic. Um, (laughs) (laughs) When you shoot to publish, it can really, really change the way you shoot and your focus. Like I would be so grouchy if I was like setting up a style like invitation suite and I hear all the girls in the next room, like having a moment of fun. I'm like, why am I not there? You know, like it, it, but it's because I was being focused on a stupid invitation suite. And for, let me say, it's not stupid. People put a lot of thought into their details and there are a lot of people who are all about that. And it's great. Now I just do that after the wedding and take that time to style it afterwards, if necessary, if it's going to be published. But I don't put as much effort into that kind of stuff because ultimately when I was chasing that, what I thought that I needed to do or what other people were doing, it made me very unhappy. And it's because it didn't align with my personal values and my business values. And so again, to really focus on what makes you you and what, why you became a photographer and what, what you get out of it and what you're, what you're there for. Yeah. What you're there for. I think that that's really, that sums it up. It's, it's, uh, um, and we've talked about this idea of a big picture view so many times in the podcast before, but this is probably the most beneficial element of having that so-called big picture view, understanding what it is that you're striving for personally, 
that then trickles or should trickle down to your business model, which should then trickle down to how you spend your time in your business day in and day out. It acts as a filter. You know, these are the things you're reaching for as a value set and then with your financial goals and your time goals, and they act as a filter. So it determines how you're spending your time. And, you know, the, the thing about, I think, some of these conversations around comparison uh, maybe go too far extreme. Uh, and in that, I don't think there's anything wrong with seeing or watching, looking at what other people are doing and taking what is relevant to you from that and, and mm-hmm. letting it actually be, you know, we, we talked about insecurity earlier so many times. I mean, you know, Facebook's going to take away or Instagram's taking away likes from from their platform for the sake of kind of stroking people's egos, helping them not feel so insecure about themselves. And the reality is there are going to be other people that are better at something than we are. And that's okay. Always, we, and we, always. <laughs> but but, but that's okay. And we can learn from that. And again, yes. using the filter of our value set and our personal goals, we can take what's relevant, take that as inspiration, taking as a, as a kick in the ass and, and, and let it drive us forward to be better but not get fixated there because we're, we're distracted by the things that aren't relevant to our goal set. So you can kind of, it's not extreme one or the other. I think we can actually be observant and learn and grow, but ultimately let our own personal value set and goals drive what we're, what we're doing, what we're spending our time on. And I think that's a healthy thing. You put it much more eloquently than I did, but yes, you're absolutely right. <laughs> oh no, it's, it's, it's a really, really great reminder. And I really appreciate you sharing that with us. And, and then number three, not paying attention um, to what our clients love about our work. How did you, what, what was the switch or how did you make the switch there? So I realized that I kept hearing the same thing over and over again. And so I, change the way what I show, like, instead of showing my portfolio full of like, detail shots, or reception shots, or tons of post portraits, I really focus in on those differentiating moments. And I had to make that decision, because that's what makes me happy. And that's what I really want people who value my photography to come to me for. I'm not, I tell people all the time, I am not the photographer. If you want um, two hours of portraits, God help me. I don't want to do that. (laughs) And I don't, and I'm a firm believer, like your wedding day, it's like, it goes by so fast and you, why are you going to be, and there's tons of people who, who want those portraits and there's great photographers who will do that for you. That's not me. I want you to have some great pictures of you and your partner, but I want you to be like, all right, we're done. We're going to cocktail hour. We're going to be with our friends and family and we're going to drink and we're going to dance to Whitney Houston and we're going to have a great time. (laughs) And you're going to be there to capture it. And you're going to be in the moment and you are going to be like, I didn't waste 50 or $60,000 <laughs> on a wedding where I wasn't a part of. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, this is, and it almost goes without saying, and yet sadly we have to remind all of our listeners, we need to listen to what our client wants and, and, oh, and yeah. needs and pay attention to that and give, give them that. And naturally, if we put out there what it is that we are offering, you're going to draw on clients that are relevant and as long as that messaging is clear enough, you know, we talk about the significance of a brand position. As long as we're clearly communicating our brand position, it will help draw on the clients that we will be the best fit with. And then it puts us in a great place because we can do the thing that we love while simultaneously serving our client. And so right. pay, pay attention to what it is that your client wants for sure. Yeah. And having the strength to say, you know what, I'm not the best photographer for you. And, I, and that's really hard, especially if you need money sure. or if you're, you know, like you're in a place where you're doing this. Um, 
to um, make money quickly or whatever. I don't, I don't know. Um, but to say, I think that one of the things is, is if you are taking clients that are, that you know, that are not a good fit, it's not going to benefit anyone. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be good for you. It's not going to be good for them. Right. And it's just going to lead to unhappiness. And um, I also, another thing that I had to do was when people say, oh, I, I love your candid pictures, I had to really educate them on what it takes to get those candid pictures. Because if we're on a super tight timeline and you are really adamant about things being a certain way, it really doesn't lend itself to those candid pictures. There's mm. certain things that go towards that. It's not just supernatural like okay at the end of the day i have a job to do and i have to produce pictures and if we are on a crazy tight timeline i have to get those pictures that you know the the conventional ones but if you have a great planner if you have prioritized certain aspects of your day and things are going with ease then there will be so many more opportunities for those candid images and for um you know you're more relaxed there's a lot of education that goes into it. Sure. For sure. Number four, you talked about sacrificing my body and health to make business work. That was a fourth mistake. I know you already mentioned B12, uh, was, was something, and obviously we're not doctors, so we're going to have everybody defer to their own doctors, but um, what was, what, what were some of the other things that you did to just make a difference as far as how you felt? Um, and, and ultimately, of course, that feeling better means it translates to, to doing better work. But what, what, what did you make? Absolutely. What changes did you make? Well, like I said, I do not sacrifice my sleep. That is number one. Sleep is so important. Then I just realized that I needed to be proactive. Like I needed to eat better. I needed to, um, before each wedding day, I go and get taped up kinesio tape. Are you familiar with that? I am a little bit. Yeah. I I raced triathlon briefly and and it was quite popular in that world. Yeah. So basically what it does is it kind of like allows, if you have like swelling or inflammation in in certain areas, it kind of like lifts the skin. The way I understand it is it lifts the skin. So it kind of helps you so you're not as swollen. And I can be totally butchering that. So I'm not a doctor, people. (laughs) I just go with what my fabulous chiropractor tells me to do. And I, like I said, I was having some of the, um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be weight related. Like if you are doing a job where you're doing the same motions over and over and over again, you're going to have some issues. So if you are um, paying attention to how you shoot and the way you're shooting and taking care of those thoughts that may need help or a little leg up, you know, it's really important. And so, like I said, I do the kinesio tape. I get massages after wedding days, sometimes before wedding days. And then I, I use a fabulous CBD cream, which is amazing. And it helps just like, I just do all these things to really take care of my personal pain points or trigger points. And I think paying attention to your body and like not trying necessarily to push through and saying, Hey, something is wrong here. Your body will let you know, listen to your body. Like I could have ignored my sleepiness last year. And I, I mean, I was dangerously low with B12 and uh, vitamin D to where, you know, I don't think a lot of people, I certainly didn't. A lot of people don't realize that if you have a B12 deficiency, a lot of uh, B12 deficiency can lead to like other problems, much larger problems, including like tingling in your extremities. And it goes beyond that. But like, 
uh, nerve damage. So if you are not paying attention to yourself, you can really do a lot more damage. And I know it's hard. It's, it's hard, especially as an entrepreneur with issues like health insurance and stuff like that. But it, in the long run, it is much more important to focus on preventative measures and taking care of things before it gets worse. For sure. Yeah. And, and to that point, again, I would highly recommend if those of you listening in, if you don't have a good baseline, understand what the numbers look like right now for your body. Go, go take the time, find somebody who at least has a somewhat naturopathic approach and, and somebody who, who can help you look at those numbers and make some recommendations as to how you can begin to make some change for the sake of not only feeling better, but, but ultimately longevity too, right? Being able to carry that health yes. in, into the future, well into the future. It's really, really important. And just exercising and getting out in the sun. And, then, and again, I, I feel like I'm a broken record, but like if we're, we spend so many hours behind our computer, like you can become a vampire and it can yeah. really like, that can lead to a lot of anxiety and depression. I know for me, like the longer I sit behind the desk, yep. the more antsy I get. And so it's so important just to take a break, to go take a walk, go do some gardening, take your pets out, you know, whatever. But it's so important to do those things. Yeah, you're right. I mean, for all the conversation in, in our culture around depression and anxiety, it's it's interesting, quite fascinating, actually, how much of that can be alleviated just by doing some simple things like getting up and moving and exercising consistently and eating well and getting good sleep. Um, I realize that there is much more to it in some cases, but um, just taking care of the basics to begin with is a good place to start. So oh, I, yeah. this is this has really been, again, the wide ranging conversation, which I really love. <laughs> I love that we just kind of jumped all over the place, which is ultimately what I wanted this podcast to be anyway. But at the end of the day, we came down to this primary conversation around mistakes. I appreciate, I do appreciate your vulnerability. I also appreciate you sharing what you then did, the changes that you made to be able to move forward. And uh, we'll make sure to put all this information and the talking points in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. Lindsay, will you share just one more time where our listeners can find you online, your social media, and your website? Yeah, sure. So my Instagram handle, that's the right word, right? Handle. Um, It's (laughs) Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y underscore Colette, C-O-L-L-E-T-T-E. And my website is lindsaycolette.com. Perfect. We'll put those in the show notes as well. And uh, thanks again for sharing with the Boca community, Lindsay. It has been so much fun, Ethan. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Boca podcast. Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is Nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Milu, the simplest way for photographers and coordinators to collaborate on shot lists and timelines for weddings, parties, and other amazing events. Visit Milu, M-I-I-L-U dot com. This podcast is also brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. dot com.